I'm going to pray with you and then we're going to plunge into this moment. Father, thank you for this Sabbath, for the quiet as Byron has played, this, 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 this gentle reminder of your love that will not let us go. It is a wondrous love. It is sometimes, Father, can we be honest, it's incomprehensible in a time of pandemic like this. We may not be able to explain it all, but would you please, in these few moments in your word, just engage our minds, address our hearts once again. Help us to know where, where and how we need to be living. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Ever heard of the black swan? Of course, you've heard of a black swan. It's the opposite of a white swan. If you're in Australia, down under, you have 500,000 black swans. That's where, they, that's where they originated. And they're mainly all down under. That's why they're so rare. When you see a black swan, you say, ooh, that's... You go down to Notre Dame, they have a beautiful pond there, and we walk around that pond uh, on that campus at times. I've never seen a black swan there. They're unusual. So back in 2001... A writer named Nassim Nicholas Taleb took the black swan as a metaphor to describe these, these sometimes once-in-a-lifetime inexplicable events that come crashing in on the human race, radically shifting the paradigm for all humanity. Are we in a black swan right now? I want to explore that with you for a moment. And, and go back to Taleb and let him kind of insert uh, how he defines a black swan, this, this metaphor. What we, what we call here a black swan is an event with the following three attributes. Okay, so I'm, I'm quoting him now. I summarize the triplet this way. Number one, the event is a rarity. Okay, so it's very unusual. Out of nowhere, boom, it's happened. And ah. so number one, the event is a rarity. Number two, he says, we, we, a black swan means extreme impact. And of course, I'm thinking the whole time, does this COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic qualify? What was number one again? It's rare. It comes from out of nowhere. Number two, extreme impact. Oh my, are we getting extreme impact? But of course. And number three, he says, this is the third attribute for black swan. It's retrospective predictability. By that he means nobody can understand how this black swan came. And it's only after the black swan is over that people begin to, to uh, say, well, I know how, and, and begin to say, well, it started here, and it, and it began by that. But nobody is absolutely sure. Are we going through that right now? Are you kidding? Look at the headlines. People are saying, well, it started there, and then it was him, and it was her. No, no, nobody's sure, but it's already here. So we can't predict it in advance, not a black swan. It's only after the black swan has come that we realize. Mm. And for human beings to have something out of control and unmanageable and unpredictable or definable, we go crazy. So we immediately try to predict, reverse prediction. Well, that's why it all happened. Do we have a black swan right now? Classically? Absolutely. Look what's happened to the human race in just the last four or five months. Five months ago, we weren't even talking black swan. The economy was riding high. We had a little trouble over in a country called China, but it's not affecting us. And then weeks fly by, and suddenly, look at us today. Black swan? Are you kidding? Why talk about black swans at all? Because could it be 
that in the midst of black swans, there's some critical survive, surviving principles we need to know. If we can find a, a, a black swan back in scripture, could we find those guiding, those critical surviving survival principles? I absolutely believe that we can. So I want to go back to a black swan. Not the first black swan in the, uh, for the human race, but it's in the book of beginnings. It's the book of Genesis. It's a familiar story, but embedded in it, survival principles that you and I need to keep going on in the midst of this, when is it going to end pandemic? All right. So we go back to uh, Genesis chapter 41. Genesis 41, I'm in the NIV again. Now, this is the beloved story. In my humble opinion, probably one of the greatest stories in all human literature, the story of Joseph. So we'll pick it up here in verse 25. So this is Genesis 41, 25. Grab that Bible of yours. Let's go. Nothing on the screen here because I just have walls and a, and a lovely ceiling. But we'll, we'll, we'll be okay. Genesis chapter 41, verse 25. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this the Joseph that was the, 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 the number one slave in Potiphar's household? Yep, this is the same Joseph. This is the, this is the one that's been in, the, been, in, been in that subterranean dungeon for three years. Yep, it's the same Joseph. He looks different now. He got a haircut. We well, see he's not in lockdown. He was in lockdown subterranean. He came out and got a haircut. Those of us that are uh, not in lockdown, that are in lockdown right now, can't find a barber anywhere. So that's why. We'll get over it. Well, I'll get over it. So then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. Is this a black swan? You watch. Seven years, and drop down to verse 29, seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt. But seven years of famine will follow them. Then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten and the famine will ravage the land. In fact, verse 31, the abundance in the land will not be remembered because the famine that follows it will be so severe. A black swan is coming, your highness. A black swan is coming. And all the gain, all the feast, gone, the boom, over in one fell swoop. Ooh, beginning to feel familiar for you and me. Yeah. Is this a black, black swan? What do you think about it? Rarity? Check there. What, what, what's the second one? Extreme impact. The, the, the uh, defining attributes of a black swan. Extreme impact. Man, everything that we've had before is gone, he says, this, of this previous black swan. And what was the third one? Retros, retrospective predictability. The only way you can predict this is after it's over, unless, of course, you're God, where all of this came from. Yeah, so keep reading. Drop down to uh, verse 46. So Pharaoh says, this, this kid knows what he's talking about. Let's make him, let's put him in charge. He ends up being the number two man in the entire empire. Okay, verse 46. So Joseph was 30 years old. Boy, that's a, that's a, that's a super fast elevator to the top, isn't it? At the age of 30. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout Egypt during the seven years of abundance. Now here's the boom. Seven years of abundance, the land produced plentifully. Joseph collected all the food produced in those seven years of abundance in Egypt, and he stored it in the cities. In each city, he put the food grown in the fields surrounding it. Verse 49, Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain like the sand of the sea. It was so much that he stopped keeping records because it was beyond measure. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what we call an economic boom. Boom! <laughs> There's not room enough to store it. Not unlike what we were celebrating six or seven months ago. You think about it. 
Oh man, our, the 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 uh, the economy is going through the roof. The Dow Jones average keeps setting new record every day, higher, higher, higher. When does this stop? Apparently, it doesn't. Ah, uh, seven years of boom, followed by seven years of bust. Seven years of feast, followed by seven years of famine. You know, I've wondered as I've read this story through the years. Man, does this have America written all over it or what? Right now, I'm absolutely convinced it does. Not as a prophecy, but as a huge... If history rhymes, there's a little rhyming going on. Boom. Then the bust. And here comes the bust. Drop down to verse 33. The seven years of abundance in Egypt came to an end. That's it. And the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had said. There was a famine in all the other lands, but in the whole land of Egypt there was food. Oh, still going okay. Verse verse, uh, 55, And when all Egypt began to feel the famine, because slowly it's creeping in, when all Egypt began to feel the famine, the people cried to Pharaoh for food. Then Pharaoh told all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph and do what he tells you. Now keep reading. When the famine had spread over the whole country, Notice what's happening here. Incrementally, little by little, it's coming. It's like the pandemic came to us. This one, the, the coronavirus pandemic. Well, it's over there. Well, it's in, it's in Europe now. But you know what? We can, we can keep it out. Little by little, it's coming. The same way with the black swan in Egypt. When the famine had spread over the whole country, Joseph opened up all the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians. For the, Listen to this. The famine was severe throughout Egypt, and not just Egypt, and all the world. Talking about a pandemic. And all the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe everywhere. Black swan. Nobody could have guessed this was coming. Had it not been for the divine, nobody would have known. Black Swan. Are we in one of those today? (laughs) Beginning rather lightly. Oh, we can get by this. Hmm, I think we'll be okay. We're getting impatient. Let's let's get out of this lockdown. It's not coming to us. And then it hits Berrien County. And then it hits someone we love. As it has here in this community. And suddenly now, this isn't a this isn't a pandemic over there. This is this is a crisis right here. That's what's happening with the black swan. Once upon a long ago time, you, th- you, you think about uh, what's happened to our economy in this country. You know, Dwight, could we just not talk about the economy at all? I know the feeling. I know how you feel. But come on, let's be real. I mean, we were riding high. We were riding high, and then boom, suddenly it's gone. Congress votes this, what is it, $2.2 trillion stimulus package to try to turn it around? It looks like the bottom has dropped out of the economy here in the United States. Now they're saying that's not enough. Federal Reserve, by the way, sets aside $4 trillion for loans to rebuild the economy. So now you've got $6.2 trillion invested to, to somehow salvage, stimulus, whatever you want to call it. Hold on to what we once had. Oh, my. Just like the black swan back then, it's happening all over again. Look at it. In the Great Recession, okay, that's 2008, 2009. In the Great Recession, listen to this. It took two years for 8.6 million Americans to lose their jobs. It took two years. In this pandemic, in four weeks, three times that amount, 22 million Americans in four weeks lost their jobs. Talking about a bust, pandemic, crisis, black swan. We got it. Nobody saw it coming. 
Nobody could have anticipated its dreadful impact. But here we are. Was it five weeks into this now? Here we are, all of us. Locked down. Waiting, wondering, what's next? So where's this black swan headed? I wish I knew. The, the brightest minds in academia have no way of knowing. The talking heads, nobody knows. Here's what we can know. While God does not cause black swans, and I believe that with all my heart, and I need you to believe it too. Meaning, we know who caused this. Come on. It's not beat around the bush. Jesus, Jesus in Matthew 13, he, he cuts to the chase. He, he says one line, an enemy, an enemy has done this. An enemy. We all know the, the enemy. That insane, diabolical prince of darkness. We know where all of this came from. You want to trace this back to the beginning? You can lay it, on, lay it at, his, at his treacherous feet. Yeah, we know. Where it started. God is not God is God is not the cause of black swan events. But in his mercy, here's the deal. In his mercy, God is able to turn a black swan event way back there and right now. He's able to turn a black swan event in order to advance his kingdom of love's mission on this planet. That's exactly what we find back there in Egypt. In fact, I want you to jot these down, please, in your mind. Right? No study guide today. There's no, nothing going on, on the screen around you. You remember these. I know you will. Three critical survival principles we must embrace in order to survive this. I'm not talking about that one now. This black swan we're in. We'll get the principles out of that one. Three of them. Jot them down in your brain. Critical survival principle number one. Here it comes. Even the saved. Even the chosen, even the dearest friends of God on earth suffer in the midst of a black swan. Yep. Deadly fallout from a black swan. We suffer it. There is no get out of jail free card. Get out of, get out of uh, the, the, the pandemic's tragic effects. Get out of it. Free card. No, no. God's friends, God's people go through it. They don't go around it. They don't go under it. They don't go over it. They go straight through it. Look at the story here. Drop down to, uh, to uh, verse 1 of chapter 42. Okay, so now we have this black swan event, the famine, this massive global famine, as uh, Moses describes it here. Uh, Genesis 42. Now, verse 1. When Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, he doesn't know who's been storing up the grave, but some bright, some bright leader there has done the right thing. He doesn't know it's his boy. When Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, why do you just keep looking at each other? He continued, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt, so go down. Go down there, buy some for us so that we may live and not die. They're on the cusp. Listen, guys, do you understand? We're out of food. A few weeks and we're dead. We can't grow it here. We have nothing. Go down to Egypt. Move, move, move. Let's get going or we'll all be dead. There's no, there's no uh, Passover. Nope. They didn't get a Passover. They go straight through the black swan pandemic, the famine in their case. Turns out, you think about it, black swan events 
have brought untold suffering to God's people through the centuries, through the millennia. I wish we could, I wish there were a teaching that says, oh boy, the moment you become a friend of Jesus and you accept him as your Lord and Savior, there's a little bubble of immunity put around you and you just go through your life without anything to worry about. No, 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 no. If God did that, we would make heaven out of this hell. And God says, no, 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 no. You need to see what the prince of rebellion is doing to destroy you. I'm keeping you alive, but look what he's doing. Oh, you think about it. This famine, go back to another one, Elijah's famine. Remember Elijah's famine? Yep. He walks into Ahab. He says, listen, until you hear from me again, there's not a drop of water that this land will experience. Do you understand that? Not a drop of water. Adios. And he's gone before Ahab can even react. Guess what? The brook where he hides, God says, hide by that brook. Cherif, you just hide by that brook. Elijah does. And it runs out of water. He's going to die if he doesn't find water. No, no, God's people are not immune from black swan events. You're suffering right now because of this event economically, physically, emotionally, spiritually. You're not alone. There's a long history of the faithful who have suffered just like you. You want to talk about the Elisha famine, Samaria, surrounded, besieged by the Syrians. A detail so grotesque there in 2 Kings 6, I can't even dis discuss them with you. And Elisha, the prophet, is sitting in the middle of it. He's suffering too. Food is gone. They're starving to death. You're going to come into the New Testament. You have the, the, the uh, mother church in Jerusalem, the first bastion of Christianity. And a famine breaks out in Judea, and they are going without food, and they are in desperate straits. Paul, who's been missionarying around, tells his Gentile new converts, listen, we've got to raise some big, big money, relief offering. For our friends in Jerusalem. No, 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 no. See, nobody gets a, nobody gets a get out of jail free, get out of black swan free card. Nope. So where do we go? What do we do? Well, what, are they, what did they do? We have, we, have, we have to go straight through it. Yeah, but Dwight, I want to tell you something. <laughs> the pandemic, that's nothing. That's, that's, that, that's way worse than a famine. I suppose you and I could say that because we've never survived. We've never had to live through a famine. And it's true. The famine is slow death pandemic just like that yeah but let's not dismiss any black swan event that people have had to suffer through the truth of the matter is jacob and his sons are desperate for food they connect reconnect unbeknown to them with the lost boy yeah that great 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 story but principle number one principle number one we got to get this even God's friends in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a black swan like the one we're enduring right now, we too suffer. Let's not beg God to somehow take us out of the suffering. Now give us the grace and the courage to suffer through this. By the way, uh, very interesting. So I've been reading Great Controversy. Remember I told you I was going to do that during this lockdown. And so I just did the chapter on uh, Zwingli uh, earlier this week. This is it. I never knew this before. This is Zwingli, the great Swiss reformer. A strong impetus was given to the reform of Zwingli by the appearance of the plague or great death. Zwingli is in the midst of a people hit with a devastating plague. In fact, uh, it swept through Switzerland in the year 1519. As men were brought face to face with the destroyer, many were led to feel how vain and worthless were the pardons that they had so lately purchased. They longed for a sure foundation for their faith. Now listen to Zwingli. This is amazing. Zwingli at Zurich was smitten down. He was struck with the virus, whatever that virus was. He was struck. 
and he was brought so low that all hope of his recovery was relinquished, and the report was widely circulated that he was dead. In that trying hour, his hope and courage were unshaken. He looked in faith to the cross of Calvary, trusting in Jesus all sufficiency, and when he came back from the gates of death, it was to preach the gospel with even greater fervor than ever before. They almost lost that, that brilliant, uh, brilliant reformer, Zwingli, to a pandemic. Well, it might not have been a pandemic back there in 1519, but it was a killer plague. No, no, God's people, there's no get-out-of-jail-free card for us. All right, there are three of these principles embedded in this story, and then I'm sitting down. Here comes number two. There's only one more after this. Critical survival principle number two. God foresees, now watch this, God foresees black swan events and prepares his people ahead of time. They have no idea he's preparing them, but he's getting them ready. He sees it coming. He saw this coming. Boy, we know that years before, years and years before Joseph was in that dungeon. God was already seeing it. And so when Joseph's brothers turn on him in, 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 in dark jealousy, sell him as a slave, they're moving Joseph into position for God's black swan event that's years still away. Whatever's going on now, God has seen it, God has seen it before today. Nothing has caught God by surprise. In fact, let me just show you. Joseph, when, when, so we're not telling the story of Joseph today, but when he tells his brothers, reveals who he is, he says to these, these brothers, this is Genesis 45, verse 7, but God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Isn't that amazing? God saw this way. God saw, God saw this way ahead. And in order to preserve a remnant, God says, I gotta have, I have to have a band of faithful. I have to have a community of radical disciples who will follow me even into death if need be. I need that to prepare, to spare a remnant. God is, God is at work way in advance. I wonder what this dress rehearsal is all about, this, uh, this, uh, this, uh, COVID-19 pandemic. What's God preparing you for? What's God God preparing me for, I wonder? Are we just blowing off these weeks? Man, it's been five weeks. Come on, how much longer do we go? I'm running out of things to watch on TV. I'm running out of games to play on my laptop. What's next? No, 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 no. We We can't blow. We can't blow this dress rehearsal. Oh, that's why a few days ago, a few weeks ago, how to, how to survive and thrive at home. You remember that little teaching we had two or three Sabbaths ago? We looked at some practical ways to, to begin that spiritual thriving. And I told you I was going to read Great Controversy, which I've already referred to. And I said, hey, listen, pick up any book in the Bible you want. Go to the, go online, find a little commentary. Just go through that new book in the Bible that you haven't read before. Just read it line by line and ask yourself, what does this tell me about God? What's this picture of God? What do I see here? Why not seize this moment? One thing that has really done, I was telling this to to, uh, the pastors at our our staff meeting on Monday, Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. That's all we do now, Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. I was telling them, you know what, guys? Every, every, Every chapter that precedes the big end game, that great controversy is so famous in disclosing, all of these history chapters, John Wycliffe, Huss and Jerome, Martin Luther, John Wesley and Charles Wesley, eventually they get up to William Miller, all of these leaders, reformers, 
There's something embedded in every one of their lives that is important for you and I to get now, for, for you and me to get. We've got to get it now. And one of the key points I've been picking up is just how vital, how vital is this book? Man, get back to the Bible. Uh, I'd read you a big quotation here on John Wycliffe, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, I'll shorten it. An earnest reverent study of the scriptures. This is scribbled into the life of John Wycliffe. An earnest reverent study of the scriptures, bringing the mind of the student in direct contact with the infinite mind. That's what happens when you, when you and I get into this word. Would give the world men and women of stronger and more active intellect. Listen, if some of you are young, God has raised you up for this time. We need your active intellect to be as sharp with acuity as it possibly can be. Get into the Word. Go online. Get a little commentary. Just go deeper. It would give to the world men and women a stronger and more active intellect as well as a nobler principle than has ever resulted from the ablest training that human philosophy affords. Yeah, hooray for human philosophy. Nobody's saying that human philosophy is worthless. But you can't go there to get the kind of training that will expand your young mind or your not-so-young mind. Some of you have a little problem with recalling things. You want to get your memory going again? Start memorizing Scripture. One of these days, this book's going to be gone. That's what I'm picking up as I'm reading Great Controversy. One of these days, this book's going to be gone. We have thousands of them, (laughs) figuratively speaking, all over our house. So do you. But one of these days, you'll not have access Oh, thy word have I hid in my heart. Your word have I hid in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Your word is a light unto my path and a lamp to my feet. Now's the time. Come on, come on. God, in advance of the big black swan, could it be this black swan is to get us ready? Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Okay, there are only three of these. Critical survival principle number three. God. I love this one. God is way bigger than a black swan. And that's what you and I need to hear right now. He's way bigger than a black swan. Do you know what God's favorite name for himself is? In the book of Genesis, he names himself. And he tells Abraham in Genesis 17, 1. And then six more times it will appear. He says, hey, I want you to call me El Shaddai. I am El Shaddai. El Shaddai. Yeah, what's it mean? El means God. Shaddai means the mighty one. El Shaddai. That's why the NIV translates it uh, God Almighty. A lot of translations do. God Almighty, the Omnipotent One. Seven times God identifies Himself in in that season of multiple black swans. He says, I'm El Shaddai. Do you understand that? I have all power under heaven and earth. We are in another black swan right now. We need to know that the God who is journeying through this, not around it, not under, not over, the God who is going through this with us, is the omnipotent one. He's almighty. I'm El Shaddai. You trust your life to me? I'll take care of you. I win. Stay with me, boy. Hey, girl, come on. Stay with me. Because when I win, you win. Black Swan, I got it. I got it. Oh. You know, the Bible ends with with God being called God Almighty. I hadn't seen this before. I like this. So we began in the book of Genesis. Now we end in the book of, uh, the, on the other side of Scripture, the Apocalypse. Uh, Revelation chapter 19. What verse is it? Verse 6. All right, so you're finding Revelation 19, the Bible's last book. Oh, my. 
the war with Babylon has come to an end. Babylon, who has ruled ruthlessly the community of faith through the millennia since Christ. Babylon, conquered at last. The final black swan event, of course, will be the return of Christ himself. This is key to that. This is, so this is Revelation 19, drop down to verse 6. If you've handled Messiah, of course, you immediately will recognize the words. Uh, chapter 19, verse 6. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Now, if you remember it from the old King James, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah, you, you remember that. That line is embedded in Handel's Messiah. And notice, what are they calling God? God Almighty, the Lord God Almighty, the Lord God Omnipotent. I tell you what, we're in a, we're, we're in a black swan right now. There's immense human suffering happening in this community as I speak. But God is still on the throne. He has not abandoned us. What you're going through right now, you are not alone. El Shaddai is with you. And there's never been a black swan he cannot conquer. So don't give up. No, 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 no. In this lockdown pandemic black swan, do not give up. He will take care of you. The beloved shepherd psalm, Psalm 23, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Newer translations render it, I shall lack nothing. God says, I'll take care of you. I'm not promising that you get, you, you become a millionaire through this. No, no. But I will take care of you. Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verses 19 and 20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine, according to the power that is at work within us, to him in Christ and in the church be glory forever and ever. God says, I am El Shaddai. Do you understand that? I am El Shaddai, the omnipotent one. I can handle this pandemic. I can handle this economic collapse. I can handle what you're suffering right now. Let me have it. I'm El Shaddai, the Almighty One. Ah, Philippians 4.19 My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus. I'm, after all, I'm El Shaddai. I will take care of you. I was having a, a, a worship Zoom, 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 because that's all we're doing. Zoom, zoom. So one of the one of the teams on campus, Dave Fainer, heads up this team. He said, Dwight, come on, meet us on Zoom and have a little devotional. So we had a little devotional from a line in Scripture. And then I said, hey, you, you got to hear this from Desire of Ages. I'm going to share it with you. Desire of Ages, page 330. It's beautiful. Desire of Ages, page 330. Ellen White has written, Our Heavenly Father, this is, this is dynamite, Our Heavenly Father has a thousand ways to provide for us of which we know nothing. Zero, nada, nothing. Did you catch that? El Shaddai, our Heavenly Father, has a thousand ways to provide for us, of which we know not one. We have institutions now that are struggling to exist. Our conference just met in, in, in Zoom conference this week, Thursday, with the news we're going to have to start cutting. We're not going to try cut the pastors, the teachers, but we may, we're going to have to trim the office staff, furloughs, whatever. 
It's happening to, to, to educational institutions that are Adventist across this nation. And by the way, not just Adventist. This economy is no respecter of persons. But here is El Shaddai who says, yo, 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 yo. I know what the bad news is. Listen to me carefully. I have a thousand ways of which you know not one to provide for what you need right now. I am your provider. I am the omnipotent one. Come to me. I'll take care of you. I win. <laughs> Stay with me. I win. I got to end with this. Hudson Taylor, the great missionary to China. 50 years of his life he gave to serving the Chinese people. Near the end of his life, he's looking back over his life, and he's with a group of friends, and he makes this statement. you got to catch this. It's very quick, but you listen. He makes this statement. I have found, he tells his friends over his life now, I have found that there are three stages to every great work of God. You ready for this? There are three of them. Here they come. Three stages in every great work of God. First, it's impossible. Oh my, what our institutions, and I'm talking about the local congregation as well, what our institutions are facing now. How do we get through this? How can we possibly survive this? So number one, Hudson Taylor says, you're going to find out. It will look like it's impossible. Three great stages in every great work of God. First, it's impossible. And then it's difficult. Difficult. Are you kidding? How we, We've tried this. We've tried that. Slow down. Three great stages to every work of God. First, it's impossible. And then it's difficult. And then it's done. It's done. What was impossible? What was difficult? What we thought we could never get through? It's gone. It's done. God did it. I have a thousand ways of which you know not one. Call on me in the day of trouble. Ask me. I'm here. I'm El Shaddai. I will take care of you. Let me prove it to you. I will take care of you. Let me prove it to you. See my hands? See those scars? I will take care of you. Give me your troubles. Put them in my nail-scarred hands. Give me your anxieties right now. Put them in, your, in my nail-scarred hands. Give me your fears. Give me your tears. Let me have it. I will take care of you. Black Swan, who cares? El Shaddai is on our side. What do you say? Oh, in this empty living room, I say, Amen and Amen. Don't give up. Hang on. The best is yet to come. El Shaddai. El Shaddai. Let's pray. Oh, God. El Shaddai, Almighty, Omnipotent, there's nothing you cannot do. There is no black swan too big. There is no pandemic too deep. Oh God, into nail-scarred hands, grant us the courage right now to place our lives in the little room where we're sitting right now, in that little house right now, surrounded by our loved ones right now. Give us the courage to place even are all in your hands. Do whatever it takes. We know, we believe, you will take care 
of us. Amen and amen.